So how do you make noise when everyone's making noise? You gotta make noise louder. This is my fir my first band in high school. <laughs> I've got I gotta ask you a question. How how the hell you know this? Do you feel like the lack of underage shows is gonna hurt the scene long term? Do you think we're not gonna get those that crop of people wanting to be musicians and that because they just can't go see their favorite bands until they're you come out over? to see Life Imitates Art and you and you hear the. Let that be known That's Wob's ass cheek <laughs> thank, thank you so much But I love the quote I was reading it And it was just like, like It's 62 At the end of the quote Actually should have been higher <laughs> Like you're, you're in charge <laughs> <laughs>
um, yeah, we, we did that first EP and it was very much just just me and then Marcus and Landon working together on the vocals. So it was very separated. And now that this we've got this release, it's one that's really cohesive with all of us kind of chipping in and mm-hmm. work out what we want to do. And you can tell sonically is like miles different um, already. Yeah. So you could, you could hear it's gone from that emo sound to being almost like maybe a little bit new metal inspired, a little bit um, bit metalcore, a bit, yeah, yeah. bit of everything. Um, so you've got the same people involved though, obviously with Marcus helping with the vocals again on yeah, yeah exactly. Yep, and then yep. Callan doing the producing again. So yeah, 100%. I really like working with those guys. Love them. Yeah, man. How, how yeah. handy is that uh, having those kind of resources like at your disposal, kind of being in the scene for you know 10 years, essentially. Like you've kind of yeah. built all these uh, connections and all of a sudden you've got like all these people you can use. 100%. It's, uh, it's, it's important for us. We, we really love collaborating with people. Um, and Bo McKay did the drums. Bo McKay did the drums. Good old Bo McKay. He did, yeah. he did our old BP. He did. I feel like everyone says that whenever Bo's name comes up, everyone just face lights up and just go, <laughs> <laughs> he did our EP. <laughs> so, so Bo, you've done everyone's EP. Good on you, mate. We love you. He, yeah. tried, to, he tried to get a stone on the first day. And he we did. Were, and I was too scared. That's Bo, yeah. I don't think there's been one time where we haven't finished his session. He's gone, all right, do we celebrate? Little baseball bat in hand and we go, of course we do <laughs> uh, he's a sweetheart but yeah the only addition to our team that we really brought in in the production sense was Forrester Savelle um, yep. from everything DMU onwards so Forrester's worked with um, I worked with him back when I was in MTS he did he mixed the track Old Souls and he continues to do their next record yeah um and then he's worked with Dream on Dreamer, Carnival, Dead Letter Circus, Birds Tokyo, all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, a lot Ninja. of WA bands right there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. He's just absolutely incredible. The, what, he does all our mixing and mastering and just the, the sounds he gets and what he's been able to create for insane. us has been yeah. insane. We've mm-hmm. just been blown away and always have from the first time I worked with him, which was back in those MTS days, that, that Old Souls record, we had five different engineers mix different songs yeah. um, as a bit of a, a talking point, like something different. No one's really done that. Normally you, you want it cohesive, but we kind of found engineers that were strong to each track or each couple of tracks that would do it justice. So we kind of did that. Um, and out of all the mixes, Forrest's first mix, we were just like, that's the closest, that's insane. The guitar yeah, tone is incredible. Mm-hmm. He's insane. So yeah. I've worked with him when I used to do the management stuff for Foxblood and whatnot. Like Foxblood, we're working with him because of that. And what he does is just incredible. He's, he's a really, really talented engineer. So he's, he's brought a lot um, to our sound and we couldn't be happier. So yeah, that sort yeah. of collaborative effort's been awesome. Yeah, yeah we love it. Absolutely. What's your kind of process when you go into the studio there? So do you come in having a full song tracked and ready to go or do, you, do those producers add or take things away? Like, well, how do you go with that? Like being, a, obviously you've done it for a long time, but mm. people sometimes critically when they get told to do different things don't take it the right way. But obviously being <laughs> you make them suffer from before, you know yeah. a bit better than others, but yeah. what's that like? Every, everything's different. Every band's different. Um, every dynamic's different. Um, with... Like the reason why we keep working with Cal is just as a producer, he's, I've never worked with someone that just gets my vision and just can help me pull it out. Um, so mm. back when we did do COS, it was all the songs were written before we went in. Yep. That's how I'm used to doing stuff. Yeah. Um, whereas the second we did Damn You, I went in there with one riff and the, the chorus and it, was, yeah. it wasn't what it is now. It was, it was a bit different. Um, and that's all I had. We went in, we wrote Damn You and an six hours yeah. um, and it was just the case of like he just knew where I was going with it he knew how to help pull that out and anytime I'd be like stuck for a second he would just like 
like be like, all right, how about we try like, here's, here's a drum riff. Like why don't you try laying something over the top of that? And it would just come out and just like that would inspire me and just keep going, keep going. So we just bounced off each other so well with that. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much we just got that sort of instrumental process done and then would send us the rest of the guys. Alex is really uh, important in making bad love stuff. He kind of puts that shimmer on it. He makes yeah. it different. He, he puts like some hip hop elements in it. He makes, he really makes it an incredible thing. So now having him in the fold, that's kind of where the process goes from there. And then once we've got the rough song, we pretty much give it to Landon and Marcus and then they then go and, and work on the vocals. And then we sit back, go, cool, what do we need to do from here? If we restructure, we do this, we do that. Mm. And then we pretty much tie everything together in a nice little package and off you go there it is Land. I want to go to you for a sec what can yes. you tell me about uh, Truth or Tragedy <laughs> oh my god yeah, that's a name I haven't heard for a while um, it's like that interview that, that guy that does all the hip hop artists you know how many people do not know who Nardwire is I'm like how the fuck do you not know who Nardwire is <laughs> <laughs> all I watch is just hot ones and Nardwire yeah. <laughs> it's insane it it's incredible um, can you yeah, tell me I don't is, even know what, what, you, what, what is this it's my, fir- my first band <laughs> research <laughs> I've got, I gotta ask you a question how, how the hell you know this sources it's got a whole team got this done here yeah first band like we all went to high school together and we used to yeah just rehearse every lunchtime together yeah. and it's my first set of best it was a heavy heavy time. band as well it was heavy it was yeah. all screaming so before bad love i was Ooh. just screaming that's, yeah. that's all i did um, and i was listening to the song i think it was choices i think was the, cho- <laughs> was the song the, the and that had some and that had some real 2010s kind of metalcore vibes oh, yeah, we, we ripped a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> was, wow there's nothing original original about that but uh, yeah. <laughs> it was fun man and but that's how places. every band starts right like yeah, it's, yeah, it's all about ripping off bands yeah. you're gonna learn how to do it better it's just who the best bands are ripping other bands off that's it that's it as long as you don't tunnel shine it's fucking hell Oh, <laughs> not, not gonna touch that one. Um, but yeah, that's that's where that started. And um, yeah, like I said, I, I was always screaming before Bad Love, and it's nice to it's nice to introduce a bit more of that with Follow the Leader as well. Yeah, I think yeah, that was screaming. It was really good. Yeah, thank mm. you. Went thank like you. really low on that one, which yeah. we weren't kind of expecting. We were yeah. shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whoa, like a little yeah. higher or mid yeah. range, I guess. But that one, I was like, whoa, like this hit you. Like, it's really yeah, cool. we actually tried. Well, I mean, when we did COS Land, like because we, we knew Landon was a screamer before. He sung, so he spent, you know, eight years, yeah, eight, yeah. about eight years, being a, like a screamer. So he's like extremely talented at it. Mm. But being like what Cios was, we tried to like. I ended up doing the screams on that record because Landon tried, and it was so heavy that we were just like, "Well, this is like confronting." And then now we're kind of in that point where like we have switched to being a bit more metalcore and a bit like mm. there's some heavier parts, and we're just like, "Fuck it!" Like. We love that sort of music, like yeah. like go nuts, and especially Alex in particular. Like the second he heard Landon's screams, he was like, "What the fuck? Why aren't we using that?" Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's get and, that and shit and in. As the music started just getting heavier, because I, I guess like writing on the spot, like like it was always pulled back, like my heavier influences, and that's why the songs now are getting heavier again. Got that so, vibe about him. Yeah, so it just pulled pulled Landon into the spot where he could just shine with the talent. Like, I mean, Landon's only been singing for two years since since, since, since Bad, Bad Love yeah. started. Yeah. So when you think about how incredible he's, he's grown yeah. Yeah. As, as a singer, <laughs> but to utilize what he did for eight years <laughs> as, as his main craft, it was yeah. like, 
Yeah, we're, we're really excited to put, especially follow the leader out for that low stuff so we could just blow people away because if the rest of the band get blown away when he does it, we're still just like, what the fuck has it come out of you? Like, where's, the, where's the little emo scene? Well, it, was, it was true for tragedy and then went to like Royals it's, after it that. Went and Royals. that was much more sing-based, yeah? Uh, no, it was still screaming. Yeah. There's a little bit of like a softer um, direction towards the end of it, but those were the same boys from Truth or Tragedy yeah. who did mm. like Royals. Just rebranded. And, yeah, pretty much. And we all moved down here together from Sydney. So Yeah, uh, okay, there you go. That's the whole and I, I have a game show quiz for you. Oh, um, right. Back in 2012, you said, I would take great pleasure in murdering one of the following. Is it A, Crafter, B, Ronnie Radke, C, Johnny Craig, or D, all of the above? Holy hell. <laughs> Man, I had some issues. <laughs> you were in a death call band at the yeah. time. Well, I wasn't expecting that question. I, I believe it was, uh, was it C, Johnny Craig? It was C, Johnny Craig. <laughs> well, how's that turned out now? Yeah. Called it early. <laughs> One well, to go, actually. It seems like he's going to murder himself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need to do anything to touch that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How long yeah. have you two actually known each other? Like, how did like Bad Love come about Like with you joining and stuff? Um, it came about with uh, through Zach. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. my housemate at the time, Zach was dating my housemate and um, like Royals wasn't really doing much at the time. Um, and Zach's like, I've got this, uh, my friend Monty is, is trying to look for a singer. And I, of course I was like, well, I can't sing, but... I, I, I want to. Yeah. I want to I want to do music actively again. So yeah, we sort of just all got together at the pub down the road in Brunswick and um yeah, it sort of just spiraled from there. Something you guys are really, really good at is making you guys appear bigger than what you are in terms of like when you're on stage, it's like a big show every time. We, we wear stilts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, like we, we played our first show in six years, just a one-off, and somebody said we're the tallest band ever because all our members yeah. are six foot one. <laughs> and then we made a joke about Mikey from Gloom in the Corn not being allowed in because he's too short. Oh, <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was adorable, we it? Well, I was with Mikey last night and he is short. <laughs> yeah. But he's, but he's he got a big personality. I mean, we can't talk. Like half of Agnes, like our other band is fucking five. We call them five foot infinity. Yeah. Um, so, wow. you know, it's pretty, yeah. What's, yeah. what's the secret of making yourself appear bigger than what you are in that sense? Like kind of make, maximizing your minutes. Well, I think a lot of it kind of stemmed from how we launched. Um, I guess for us, it was a no brainer to have Marcus appear on the first track just because he was as much in the band as the rest of us at yeah, the time, yeah. you know, like that thing for me, like I wanted to do it as an outlet. I didn't plan to do it as doing another band again because it's a, a big responsibility and costs a lot of money. A lot of time. Yeah. A lot of time. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And so at the time it was meant to just be a fun outlet and then it's just from the reaction, we're like, fuck, we actually got a shot at doing this. Into this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're just like, fuck, all right, let's, let's do it. That'd be stupid not to like, we, we, we love doing it together. And especially for Zach and Landon, who at least Alex and I were like, we've, we've got, been blessed to um, the world in our other bands. So yeah. we've kind of ticked a lot of the bucket list stuff off, but for them, they, they haven't. So to see every goal that we kick now to see their faces and like, see how excited they get, it gives us fucking life, man. It puts yeah. like, it puts us back in that spot. You're just going, we fucking love this, man. Yeah. Like, mm. Well, Max Watts was your first. Correct. Was that first yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty. Like, that's a big. It's, so yeah, deal. it's so good that we're going full circle as well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. and going yeah. back to the yeah. tour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we we fucking sold it out. Yeah, so, <laughs> so which is massive. Yeah. That's a big deal. Like that's yeah. that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, we, no, we're we're shocked. I, I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't yeah, expecting it. Um, I, yeah, so like coming back to that, that question of appearing bigger, um, for us it wasn't a case of like trying to. I mean, like when when we when we do something we give it our absolute all and we're always yeah. going to aim for the stars and if we fall short we you know it's we're going to achieve more than if we just try to do 
what we think we can achieve. But for doing Max Watch, the purpose behind it was that like I wanted to do like we're a fucking rock band. We're, you know, like rock metal, whatever. All that, that whole essence of life is taking fucking chances, taking risks, just fucking doing it, man. And like everyone's so like, we got, no, we go sell at the workers club first and we go do this and we go do all this like time. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. You know what we want to do? We want to play fucking festivals because that's the shit that we love from like, that's the only spot we want to do. We want to write music for stadiums, festivals. That's where we want to be. So instead of putting a show on at the workers club where we can show 80 to a hundred people, what a show in a small room looks like, we're going to put it on a big stage where people can see what would look like at a festival. We're going to hire fucking extra lighting. We're going to get the best sound guys. We're going to get the best lighting techs. Um, whether we're there as a band or not, which like at the time we thought we were like, okay, as we're going on, we're, we're getting better and, you know, refining our stuff and really realizing that, you know, despite doing this for 10 years beforehand, it's yeah. like, we've been doing it for two. Like we have been yeah. a band for, yeah. for less because of COVID. So there's a long way to go but yeah for us it was just like that's what we want to do we don't want to do like the the, the small shows like of course we're happy like we love doing anything but for us it's like f- to sell bad love in the way that we want it to be it's yeah. we want to put on a big theatrical show that people will go that's fucking see like when you watch cross faith and you go yes. see that lighting show you go Whoa. that's a fucking yeah. show yeah, that's absolutely. rock that's fucking that's why Ooh. we do this shit yeah so what's the point in going to a venue where we can't do that yeah. so that was the whole point and i think because of that people went this is a big band. Yeah. You know, and like, no, we're not. We're still a small band, mm-hmm. but like we've we, we got a big band mentality. We yeah. want to, we want to do that stuff and we want to show that we'll, we'll bust our asses to do it. People so. don't really consider you part of like, almost like you're already above <laughs> the local scene, which is a great compliment in many respects. Do you think that bands are too scared to fail? I guess in that sense, you're talking about like, yo, yeah. let's, let's sell out the workers club and let's yeah. do like step-by-step process. And you're like, fuck this, let's just go for it and see what happens. I it's, think it, yeah. it's risky for sure. And it's, yeah. it also, it can put a big financial hole in, in your pocket as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Monty said, this is the festival shows and the crossfade shows and stuff like that. Those are the shows that you fucking remember. Yeah. So let's be a part of it. And then, so what if it's fucking risky and, and yeah. it's turned out all right then. yeah a lot of like yeah that's the thing it's like we want to make some noise from the start because there's so many good bands that like in this scene as we all know Australia's mm. flooded with really good bands yeah. yeah so how do you make noise when everyone's making noise yeah you gotta make noise louder you, you gotta do. do something that's different and for us doing that it was like no one's ever done that yeah so there were people so many people that doubted that we would have a hundred people there yeah so you know what they did they bought a ticket to come to the show to see if we could do it yeah <laughs> so how many Whoa. people do you think we just sold a ticket Post to it. they were just like well we're gonna watch this fail that just helped us succeed Whoa. you know I think it's gonna be a car crash yeah yeah and and, you know and so for that show we had we had about 350 people there at our first Mm, ever show and like we were just we were blown away with the first like we opened the doors and i think there was about oh geez there would have been maybe uh, 80 people in there while the first band were playing or something and like that's a big room and we looked around and we were like we need a drink (laughs) (laughs) and we just got we got pretty hammered and we we kind of got lost in watching the other bands and and drinking and catch out with people but by the time we went to walk on we walked down and we just saw 350 (laughs) plus the bands standing out and we're like fuck we did it kind of thing yeah it looked good you know (laughs) like yeah i'm just looking now so you got the life imitates art tour coming up so it's your first national tour so four dates so you got max watts again enigma bar we got bright side up in brisbane Oxford Art Factory, Sydney. So yeah. four, you got four good bands as well on the on the right. So you got mm. what? Oh, you got Outloved, Wayside, and Terror. Yep. Yeah. 
are they a couple of your favourite bands in the scene? Like looking around, like from the outside in, or like why did you pick those bands and how excited are you? Yeah, man, they they definitely are. They're like some of them, we love yeah. them. Yeah, we yep. love all those bands. Um, Alt from the second they put out their first single, I mean they've worked with Cal as well. There's a lot of mm. incestuous moves with um the music with, industry with the music industry. Yeah. Two, you know, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. from their first single, I was like, whoa, this band's fucking cool. Um, they're probably the closest band doing a sound similar to what we were kind of trying to do. Yeah. Um, and they do it so damn good. So I've always been excited to to watch Alt, and I've been talking to those guys pretty much since they come out, just because I was just like. You're killing it. This is yeah. sick. I, this band is going to do some awesome stuff. So mm. we actually feel very humbled that they accepted the tour to do it with us. I think they saw... I, I saw a picture of there on Spotify. <laughs> like, they've nearly got a million plays for their recent EP yeah. that they released, which yep. is fucking incredible. Wild. Massive. Like, Absolutely huge, incredible. Yeah. That's so cool for them. And man. they deserve it. So, Absolutely. So, yeah, for Alt, they've been an exciting one. Um, Wayside, uh, fuck, one of the most underrated bands as well. Mm. They are so fucking good. <laughs> um, Terra, also fucking killing it. Um, and Outloved, same thing. They're fucking, they're probably the most streamed band on the entire line. <laughs> they're probably more listened to than all of us. Um, also but, on Dreambound on YouTube with you guys as well. Yeah, aren't they Outloved? Yeah, yeah. Got yeah, a, yeah get a lot yeah. of views from that as well. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just a, they're just a really cool band and really lovely guys. So at least for us, we wanted something that was going to like our sound isn't pigeonholed. Where we really like if like if you listen to COS and I guess when this comes out, you will possibly listen to um, Life Imitates Art. We're not just, it's all not one sound. It's its like in, almost in that sort of bring me world where we'll do whatever the fuck we think. Sounds exactly good. what we've talked yeah. about on yeah. the show. And we, and we're going to bring me. Yeah, and and we, yeah. we just we just love doing that. And it can, it's, it can surprisingly be a hindrance. Uh, we've found out with DSPs like um, for digital servicing because they're just like, well, no, nah, those songs are too different, so we won't give you playlisting or something. It's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah so, so that, that, that's a bit of a thing that we've learned from doing it, but fuck mm. it, we love it. Um, yeah. And yeah, so we wanted a lot, like you, you can't just have like a metalcore lineup for us or yeah. a new metal or an emo, like it, does, it doesn't make sense. So for us, we're just like, we're just going to choose something that we, bands we would love to watch. Yeah. Mm. And we hope that people will come. And even with our first show, we had a very eclectic... Um, line up with like Bad Juju as the main supporter yeah, and then we had like a, a, a like a prog rock band and then yeah. we had a band that sounded like Counterparts you know like yeah. a whole bunch of like different bands and we loved it because it just it makes it seem like a little festival and we've yeah. like that Unify. many bands that's what Unify is yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah Literally. exactly yeah. so we hope we hope everyone coming enjoys that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Set, yeah. set up Unify last year, Nick. Absolutely. Want to talk about that on a little the bit. Thursday night? Mm. Yeah, I was too cooked to go. <laughs> I 100% listened to that in the podcast. <laughs> 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 I remember listening back to that. I was like, "Oh, here we go. What did you think? <laughs> too cooked in this team." <laughs> All right. Yep. Cool. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I literally I woke up to the next day to Nick walking back into the tent he'd been up all night. <laughs> I had like three hours sleep, and I'm thinking, yeah, all right. We were then all cooked too, but we at least got to the stage. Yeah. <laughs> the Friday, I didn't even find the stage. I couldn't, I couldn't find the tent. It was no when, stage. When it was underwater. I couldn't find, I couldn't find the tent. I was like looking around. I was like, where's the fuck's the circus tent? I was getting lost. To be honest, you were the circus yeah, tent. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was the circus tent. Uh, you guys have been like in the scene for so long now and something that's always really cool to talk about is how the scene has changed in Australia whether that's a sound thing whether that's a community basis what are you kind of what are the key things that you guys have noticed whether yeah of all those things about the scene in Australia yeah we're very blessed to have a really great very community um, and that's one thing that we really learned even with um, like our friend Sean's passing yeah. a couple of weeks ago being in the memorial and yeah. just seeing like all the people that we like we spend all this time 
doing music together but like it's not just because like we're in the same spot that we're friends it's like these people we care about these yeah. people mm. and that's been the same for 10 years and the the bonds that you form are just so incredible so when, when it comes to shows especially in melbourne um if you go to any of these shows um or at least that of people we're friends with mm. like you you see the same people every time and there'll be 40 people that rock up that are all in, you know, the biggest bands in Australia, essentially, yeah. because we fuck, everyone loves each other. Like, yeah. we hang each other out. Like, we talk to each other all the fucking time. Yeah. We hang out outside. If someone suffers, we're all fucking there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, from, see, from seeing that in particular when, when Sean passed, it was just so beautiful to really just go, fuck, we've we found a family with this stuff and that is just so rare. Yeah. So... Absolutely. Yeah. So it's something to fucking hang on to. Yeah, yeah 100%. Just mm. on that, like influence-wise around the scene. So clearly you got a lot of friends in the scene. Like have you got, have you drawn, like what have you drawn from people within the scene that you've learned along the way? Not just as friends, but obviously as musicians and going forward with your band. Um, you've, I mean, I mean Landon's met a lot of people in the <laughs> last like two years. Met a lot of people. Yeah, so um, you probably have learned a bit i've learned i've learned a lot um especially with uh Warble or matthew gravelin as well so yeah. um you know he he wrote feel good as well he wrote um, feel good he wrote yeah. feel what good. a riff yeah, 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 feel good. who's good. responsible <laughs> for the baseline <laughs> I, I, I believe that's matt yeah. Yeah. that is so sexy yeah God. yeah, yeah he, the song uh, was originally called sex it all makes sense. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, the the working title was Sex Dot Guitar Pro Five. It was this riff. Yeah, Matt showed us uh, one time, and he's just like, "Man, it's never going to get used now." Like, I reckon you guys would yeah. do alright with it. And he showed it to us, and we're like, "Yeah, it's yeah." Remember, Monty had some like we had some like shitty like voice recording of it, like from the speakers. And Monty like picked me up one day. He's like, "Listen to this," and I just heard that fucking. That yeah. fucking and the riff, yeah, and I was yeah. like, it's such a Hallian's thing. Fucking yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. It's such a Hallian's thing when you yeah. think about it now. It's, God damn. Yeah. It's just, just Matt's song, right? Yeah, Matt yeah. loves claps. That hasn't changed. <laughs> that boy loves the clap. We, I've actually got this great video. I wish I wish this was a video podcast so I could show you all this video. Matt slapping mm. his ass in his <laughs> in my underwear. But the sound was that clap. It was we just... Like, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And we wanted to sample it so bad. And we're going to for the live show. So if you come out to see Life to Imitate oh, and, you, and you hear the... Let that be ass known. Cheek, that's yeah. Wob's ass cheek, <laughs> right. and it's fucking beautiful. So it's a it's a tight, tight, it's tight a ass. Toy, toy like um, but yeah, so yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. From what was learning I say? stuff. Yeah, from learning stuff, and like uh, Matt actually wrote those lyrics about experiences that we shared together. Yeah. So that was really fucking. I, mean, I feel fucking blessed to have one of my fucking closest friends write something about me as well and be a part of that. So the friendship that we've built and having that incorporated into bad love songs. It's a fucking dream, man. Yeah. It's so sick. How does that, like, so when, when you guys are coming up in the music scene you know, 10 years ago, we'll say, mm. sometimes there are, like, you look up to these bands and the bands maybe don't give you that love that maybe you guys would, were looking for. Do you yeah. make a kind of a, a mission to make sure you give that love to the, the local bands coming through, especially these bands coming on mm. your tour? Is that, like, a thing you make sure of? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah without a doubt. Mm. I, mean, I think that's just being a good person yeah <laughs> I mean, there is that there is that stigma person, when you yeah. get to a certain stage you don't really yeah, you feel your boss it's, 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 it's not a race it's mm. not a race and yeah that's, that's yeah. one of the biggest things we've learned um well i think we still find it a lot with bands in the in the scene is yeah. that there's kind of ones that have been around for long enough to understand that it's not a race and there's yeah. the ones that are achieving pretty quick success that mm. don't understand that yet yeah. they kind of like to think well we're doing this we're not going to help yeah. anyone it's not really the point um so with us, yeah, it's like, it's it's a part about giving people opportunities. But yeah, I mean, we were pretty blessed 
like at least I, I I personally feel very blessed in that almost everyone I looked up to um, I can now call my peers or that I can now contact and yeah. it's bizarre like to look <laughs> up like yeah to even know like I remember like when I was in MTS and we played this festival with architects it was like like Sam Carter that like, came up to me that, like during it and it was just like hey man like I remember meeting you like a year ago and I was just like what the fuck yeah Getting that homies, like, so follow, cool. followed me yeah. on Instagram like this is fucking insane he was my idol for fucking like eight years yeah and to, to still like have like casual conversation with him every now and then this is fucking insane <laughs> to me so it's sick. it's never been lost on me so i guess like obviously we don't see ourselves anywhere close to like that sort of level but like we do like to make ourselves accessible because we we do know what it's like to be just someone just trying to make music and that's fucking awesome it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're good or not just see someone with passion where you you want to raise that up and just yeah. be like fuck yeah, yeah. Ooh, on that You've got a feature back to the EP with on social suicide with Kenta from Crossfaith. Have mm-hmm. you had dealings in the past with him, like as a friend, or how did no, you just reach man. out to get that? Because that featured X. Yeah, it was funny when featured X came out. It was because um, it's a cool concept, but it at the is. same time, it also from us growing up, features were things that it was like it was friends and it was like mm. people yep. that were accessible. So to see people paying for that, it kind of no, it, it ruined the integrity. You think of it waters it down a little bit? A little bit, okay. yeah. yeah. The fact that yep. the fact that anyone like it's awesome for bands that may never make those connections, mm. so yeah. they can get people they idolize on it. There, so mm. that is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So that's awesome. Like anyone that wants to do it, that's awesome. But for us, it was just like like going back to that collaborative thing. We really want people that are going to be about us and like 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 us and and be be true to it and that's why we had you know like matt and marcus on the on the first day first yeah. one yeah. but but with with this song it was just like when we wrote that song we we're listening to the instrumental and we we're like that sounds so crossway that sounds so fucking cool yeah. how cool would it be to get to get ken on this on this track and our manager at the time um turned around and goes yeah, I tour with Crossfaith all the time. Like, I'll, I'll message, I'll message Ken. So, what? You sent him a text. Yeah, yeah. so, so he <laughs> quite literally it was it, it was, uh, it was so so we, awesome. we jumped we jumped yeah. into this WhatsApp with him and um and yeah worked it out with it with his management. He was just like, I love the song. I'm keen. It was just like, fuck, sick. Like, yeah. like how did just, you do the video? Can you explain that? To yeah, me? dude, the yeah. video was a COVID yeah. job. That's so yeah. cool. um, it was in our living big room. Big shout out to our boy Ken who yes. did that. He did a fucking incredible job. Yes. Um. But yes, we did the music video in our living room. Um, yeah, we were very much locked down at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We got some blackout curtains. Yeah. Um, luckily, I owned a camera and we shot all the performance stuff just in front of that. Um, and that was pretty much it. And then the rest of it was just go, Kian, can you make this cool? And, yes. like, and like, yeah, obviously, like the contention of the song is really like a big call out on on letting social media control you and, and yeah. you know so for us it was like using a lot of those visual references going down that sort of matrix hole like yeah. you know yeah. using a lot of metaphors and for us it was just mainly giving those ideas to key and, and fuck man the first draft he sent back you like if you watch just the video the, the stuff we sent him you'd be like how did you create <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then it was just like Ken's I, I wish I could pull it up Ken's video of his section like the work <laughs> that, that Ken did to digitize his face so it was on his phone he recorded it was on his, on his phone, phone. He's in a, this white hoodie, just he's like, and it was like, and of course he made it look fucking cool, yeah. but like it was just on his phone, and yeah. So, dude, the the fact he did that shit was fucking unreal. It was the the best, incredible. Isn't that yeah. mental? Someone could see just like a black tarp kind of thing and just work that out. Like someone just put into a creative mind, and they'll just take it and yeah. go to the fucking moon. Yeah, man, yeah. he's he's just an absolute wizard. I mean, like, yeah, if anyone that 
follows Kian um, himself. If you don't know him, go look up all his work. He's done a lot of work for Void. Mm. He did some uh, music videos for Agnes and he's done a shitload of other bands. Yeah, but yeah. he is just so stuck out. He's mm. so creative and just switched on. And he's just one of those people that just want to get in there and do it. Yeah. And Monty, you've been playing with like good bands basically, it seems like your whole fucking life. Because back with Brooklyn, you were playing with Devil's Wears Prada and you toured with House vs. Hurricane and mm-hmm. bands like that. God damn, I wish House vs. Hurricane came back. Um, talk <laughs> yeah, to that's Chris Shaw, where I am. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, talk to me about that, man, because you were on yeah. some pretty crazy bills from, from an early age. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, so I started out, the first show I ever played was at a Freezer gig um, when I was... It's always Freezer, man. I want to say 14. We headlined Fuck. this show. Uh, it wasn't even my band. It was um, the singer of Brooklyn's other band, which is really going back. Um, it was called Show Me Your Ribcage. Um, yeah, probably wow. means nothing to anyone but if it means something to you shout out to you um, <laughs> and, and, and Bilson's and um, Bilson's uh, you better yeah. plug us Jeez, so, <laughs> so, so yeah started out playing a, a sold out show which was 200 people clammed into a room that fits 100 and that was shows back then yeah, um, growing up in the eastern suburbs you would get minimum four to six hundred people at every local show regardless oh, yeah. of who fucking played there, there's an old Christian band that went around called For Today when they, they came out twice oh, and they played to like 700 yeah, yeah. people every time they put a show on out here Yeah, everyone just went to stuff and it was just incredible so, so it kind of went from Show Me Ribcage I had another band called The Werewolf of Wisteria which then turned into a band called Wolves yeah um, uh, that was my deathcore days, but then uh, the best days, the best days, <laughs> and then and then I kept getting asked to join this band called Brooklyn, and it was really funny because I didn't really want to join this band called Brooklyn. Um, and they kept asking me, kept asking me, I kept saying like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and then the singer was finally like, "Look, dude, if you join, we're playing with." Suicide Silence at 170, <laughs> uh, which was Billboards, like in, yeah. in like in like three weeks. I was Sign like, me up. I'm in. Yeah. And, and from Death there, it was, it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't, yeah, man. <laughs> Fucking Deathcore Boy was like, oh my god. And this and this was when Mitch Lucker was still alive. So yeah, I was very yeah. very oh, blessed to meet yep. to meet Mitch Lucker, which it was crazy. Um, Seeing him live, like, it's a monster. Awesome. Dude. He's a monster. Insane. Yeah. yeah. And he he'd been going through some some shit. I think. He apologized for not coming up and talking to us, which we didn't even understand because it was like half an hour after we got there. And he just like came up. He's like, I'm so sorry. I haven't said hello. And we're like, that's okay. Like, we <laughs> honestly didn't expect you to even come over here. It's like, yeah, I just got sent like divorce papers from my wife and stuff. I was like, oh, why are you sorry? Dude? Yeah. Like, go do your thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so like, yeah, started off being spoiled with that. And we didn't even know how to play our fucking instruments. What? There's, <laughs> there's still videos of that show and it makes me weep. Um, and then we and then we did Devil Wears Prada after that. And then yeah, obviously we did some other stuff. From playing with Brooklyn, I got to meet Make Them Suffer. Joined Make Them Suffer through that. After that, yeah. and then uh, Earth Caller followed not long after that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's jumped around a lot. Um, definitely got to achieve so many goals, um, like touring Europe, America, Asia. Yeah. Um, I saw the one tours, Architects counterparts sworn in make them suffer full north american tour that one got cancelled oh did it really that one got cancelled uh and then it got re what was it something happened with that we didn't end up doing that but there was another one after i left the band that was with architects and that was the one the two after after i stopped yeah i was very upset to miss that one um but there was um what was it uh we did august burns reds 
Silent Planet, Era, and Us, and that was our first time in America, and that was that was a B market tour, and that was like two thousand people. In it. So I've fucking I've ticked off everything, man. Yeah. I'm, I I could die happy. I got I got to do so much cool shit. But I'm I'm hoping we could do it all again do, with Landon and Zach. And, do you um like Alex. you said before about like the kind of the the suburb shows and that that you get all these people? Do you feel like the lack of underage shows is going to hurt the scene long term? Do you think we're not going to get those that crop of people wanting kids to be yeah. musicians and that because they just can't go see their favorite bands until they're 18 and over it's a really good question man um i felt we had a place where i grew up from um called yo-yos i think marcus as well marcus bridge used to live down the road from me yeah so we actually grew up in the same Same scene scene. as kids um we knew of each other for ages as well but anyway yo-yos was all ages um it was the shit and this is the stuff that made all of us want to join bands yeah you know and do this so yeah, I've definitely noticed there's a massive lack of that now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm yeah. killing to actually play an all-ages show, whenever that may be. But That's yeah, it. yeah, it made me want to join a band. Yeah. And I definitely, exactly I definitely think like, it's got an impact. Have you got a big band story that you saw there? Like a big band that just played there that you remember? Or Fuck. Any uh, members from Big Bands? North Lane's <sighs> album, Discovery's Ooh. album launch was there. Oh. <laughs> there was there. <laughs> there we like, go. This is like 200 cut, if that, man. Yeah. Fucking like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, fucking saw them. Oceano played there yeah. as well. Fuck me. Yeah. That's sick. I don't know if MTS would play there or something. But I don't remember yeah, yeah, but I'm sure it could happen. That era was before I was in MTS, so they very yeah, much could have. Um, I have no doubt they did, yeah. actually. Sean Harmonis, yeah. if you yeah. want to call in, um, <laughs> let us know. Because we always talk about that, like the idea of, you know, when you're, if you're a 15 year old right now and mm. you're listening to all these heavy bands, like, how the fuck are you going to see it? It's like, a really yeah, great no- question. I'd, I'd love to know if there's anyone that listens to this podcast that is underage. Um, yeah, we, we, we need to hear from you guys, I guess. That's the biggest thing. I think when people have put underage shows on, there's only really Wrangler that do it and big yeah. shout out to them for fucking doing it because it yep. is a big risk because yeah. there aren't kids that are going to these shows and, so because there's small turnouts, everyone just goes, there's there's no point in doing it. There's not enough demand. And then it gets canceled. And then f- the people that should be doing it, like what we grew up with, with freezer shows and stuff, they're not really a- aware. They're, they're more happy just putting on a show instead of putting on a good show. And I think that it's really important that the government really starts linking up with industry people that know how to put on a good show yeah. so they can help kids learn, one, how to put on a good show, not just a show that they book their mates for that they all get... 500 bucks for yeah but to actually build a community especially for underage people because yeah we we don't know if we look at our statistics our statistics aren't high for underage people yeah Yeah. underage listeners um i remember seeing a show back in 2017 uh every time i die let live counterparts is on the unify kind of run yeah played 170 sold it out they played arrow i think it was the next night i went to both shows arrow was an all-ages show about 100 people, 150 people rocked up. Yeah. Every time I die, counterparts let live. And, and 170 like, was sold out. Yes, yeah, yeah. 170 yeah. sold yeah. out. And I'm like, oh man, maybe this is why. But like, maybe but, it's because they have so much, to, so little to choose from. They just kind of don't worry about it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, if they, if they put on one They're show. They're also older like, bands. You know, yeah, we exactly. grew up listening yeah. to them for a, new, for a new kid getting into music. That's probably not who Absolutely, they're finding. Yeah. You know, so uh, dude, be, we, sh- we should definitely try to sort out some sort of like, all ages festival where you can get sure. an eclectic group of bands so you can find like just get kids there Absolutely. And there's, always, that, there's yeah. always mosh pit dickheads that um, make it pretty ruin it for the look pretty yeah. they get scared <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 you see young kids go in like for an underage show and they're too scared to go into the pit because there's big dudes in there yeah, scared dude, I remember seeing Parkway Drive when I was underage and seeing, well at all ages show and seeing yeah. like a, like a guy in his 20s like tripping kids up and like yeah. punching them in the back of the head just like, what if anyone's doing? listening to this show and that's you you don't get Bill since 
fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. You're fucking out. Like, what a, what a yeah. big call. And I, I, I think that's a, a big thing to, to know is that as... If anyone's friends with these people, like let's call it, like they call it like, out. Do, you don't, yeah. yeah name and it shame doesn't them. even have to be called out and like name and shame, but just like pull them fucking up, like yeah. pull them in. Yeah. Like you know, it comes down to this yeah, whole like toxic, ma- toxic masculinity. It comes down to fucking everything going on right now with rape culture, all this shit. Like, pe- yeah. like everyone needs to be calling, like pulling them at their mates aside before it gets too fucking hard. And so like, true. and that's like subtly what DMU is kind of about as well. Is like this, yeah. like seeing people go down a path that you don't agree with and being afraid to speak up from it. Yeah. And we, like, yeah, if there's one thing that I think where us as a band are starting to, as we find our voice and what we want to talk about, that's yeah. definitely a big fucking thing for yeah. us. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, just on Drag Me Under, so that was 94 in the Faction 100 recently. Do you remember that? Did you yes. see any? So that got yeah, that, so that's something. fan voted, but obviously the superior backbone hundred, <laughs> which is <laughs> which was <laughs> yeah, last year, which yeah. is what we think. What, what, what do we have it under? Uh, it came sixty-two and now, so oh, thirty-two we, above. We did it dirty as well. We, we, yeah. You did. I, thank thank you so much. But I love the quote. I was reading it. And it was just like <laughs> like it's sixty-two at the end of the quote. Actually, should have been higher. <laughs> like, yeah. You're, you're in charge. <laughs> See? He gets it. He knows. I do my research. <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. Writing those fucking write-ups. Oh. But uh, yeah, that song, especially DMU, like that one caught us off guard big time. Bring um, me vibes. Did you notice time. a big yeah, kind of spike yeah. when that song came out? Yeah. yeah, yeah Is that your most stream song too? Yeah. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Um, well, well, by far, uh, in terms of sheer numbers, we're starting to get a lot more traction. Um and a lot more listeners which is really cool for us being such a young band it's like now we're like getting these people that probably heard of us or listened to a song um and now we just really need to start hitting the road and actually like getting in front of those people and meeting them and just being like oh well this is what we're about and actually turn those listeners into fans that actually you know want to get on board our journey so yeah that was huge for us um we got on this playlist on spotify called kick-ass metal which has like over a million followers and that just yeah, that's half the that, game. Yeah, on that, guys, honestly, yeah, yeah it's yeah. something that's completely out of everyone's control. How crazy control. is that now that that's like such a major player now? Just getting that is on the, the game. playlist yeah. like yeah. five yeah. years ago, that wasn't anything. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can make that that fucking app can make or break a lot of bands. But um, yeah, it was it's been awesome for us. Um, and it's we still love that song. Um, yeah. I think yeah, from coming change our whole writing style to just getting in the studio with a one riff or something and just pulling a song out in five hours is just it's it makes us love it more because it's Mm. just so authentic that you don't have time to overthink it whereas we used to write music in that way where you meticulously sit with a song for months and you like have to hone in on every note and everything every word there there was yeah yeah, there was something i mean the biggest piece of life advice if we go back to that thing uh that question from earlier from like a peer would have been chris two from anti-flag yeah um, when what I was, a band Yeah mm, When band, I was working dude. For Hysteria Mag We did an interview With Chris too And he said something That's changed my life And my whole perspective With music Which was Which I love telling people about Because it's so strong And all it was It was very simple But it's just like Talking about like a, An album And how it's not an album It's a record And I was just like what? Like cause I kept We kept talking about The album And he kept correcting me It's a record It's a record and I was like what's the difference to you? Why do you, why is this a, th- a thing for you? And he was just like, it's like a record is exactly that. You're leaving a record in time. And oh, it just, my, my little brain just yeah. went, <laughs> how did I That's not cool. get that? But it was just like, he's like, he's like, it's a record for us. Cause we're, we're talking about shit that means something to us at this particular point in time. We're leaving that behind. People can find it in 50 years, a hundred years. It's like, you know, yeah. So for them, it's, it is a record. And so for us, it's, 
it, it made it realize that it's okay to not write that perfect record that everyone strives for because there's no such thing as a perfect record. So to just let yourself flow and be okay to leave something behind and go, that was where we were at, made us just embrace where we're at now and just like push through and just create stuff that we love at the time and if we don't love it in three years who cares man yeah. like we loved it then the and time, like that's yeah. what we listened to instead of trying to like overthink and go well the scene's moving in this direction so we yeah, should probably yeah. start adding uh you know like dubstep trap um uh hip-hop um not enough, not to, enough to be fair we actually are starting to add all those yeah. other things that we're doing <laughs> so fuck Lens i fucked like it go, no no no, no. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah anyway um, yeah you get what I'm saying what um, is, that was really cool what songs yeah, are you most looking sick. forward to actually playing off the CP I'm looking forward to playing Sleep Debt man yeah, yeah okay cool <laughs> huge closer yeah Yeah. who's the, who's the collab you did a feature uh, it's yeah. a cinema cinema so, so it is cinema okay, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we, yeah. we were like how do we say yeah, it I was, uh, yeah. I was saying Simba <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it actually took me a while of seeing their name until I was just like oh I get it <laughs> cinema so, so they're, they're um, two guys uh, Steph and Mike who uh, like electronic producers, they um they first came out. I've I've known Steph for quite quite some time. He's played in um a couple of bands, uh in the past, and he's just a really lovely guy. And seeing I I shot some promos for them when they were just about to start, and they put out their first song with Zach Britt on it, and it was just so good, really fucking good. So if anyone hasn't checked it out, it's called Sidewinder. Um, with pretty much out the the vows. The what? The vows is the vows. I, a I O U. Yep. Oh, yes. yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So S N D W. Whatever. It's a nightmare. Yeah. To uh, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a nightmare to find. But please find it. Listen to it. It's absolutely just a beautiful song. And mm. hearing that was very, very like M eighty three, which I yeah. love M eighty three. And I was like, well, fuck yeah. And then we started talking. And I was like, well, in that whole thing of collaborating with people, I was like, well, you know, like we want to do stuff that's outside of our comfort zone. And mm. doing a song that's a bit more electronic and a bit more relaxed would would really be great for us. So. Um, so so let's it, yeah. let's let's do a song together, and mm-hmm. it's it's definitely Landon's best lyrics. When he first um, he was going through something that uh, sparked those lyrics, and oh, yeah. hearing that, it was like seeing us. Man, he's he's just stepped it up, and we're yeah. we're so proud of this song. And the, the writing that those guys did on this track is just phenomenal, and the way that we all came together and uh, created this track is probably one of our favorite songs on the record. So we're really excited. There's yeah. a potential closer as well. It has that it kind is, of big epic closer. feel. Yeah. Um, I want to ask, there's eight tracks on this, e- on this EP, Life Imitates Art. And I always ask this when, uh, when that happens, there's a couple of like what I call interludes, uh, mm. with the first track and there's one in the middle there. What's the point? Why, why do we do this? What's, uh, for, as a band, why do you choose to put these in these, uh, in releases? It's just a good palate cleanser, yep. really. I mean, if you're getting fucking screaming <laughs> for the whole, whole entire record, yeah, it's good to have something that's a bit more chill. Yep. And, um, like I said, that ties in with us not sticking to a certain sound and just sort of having it all scattered and things that we think are cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Trail wrote both of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked yeah. It out of the park. Yeah. He pr- pr- yeah, produced it all himself yeah. as well, which is really cool. And, yeah, there's there's a lot behind those songs um, uh, as well that really tie in just the overall vibe of yeah. the record, and they are actually quite important to listen to. Mm-hmm. Like like because we've already got four of the songs out, two and then there's two that are more instrumental, you know, like interludey ones, and then there's the two that you guys haven't heard. Um, that you know, if those songs like to listen to it front to back, like there's there's purpose to why they're there and they lead into the songs that they go into for a reason and they add a whole new element to 
Balboff and it's one that it's a despite like a lot of people skipping interlude tracks um they're a really important way to if you want to know what we're going to be up to in the future yeah Mm. it's actually a really interesting kind of yeah yeah it's it's going to be cool we're really excited with where we're going to go after this and listening to the whole thing back to front especially with those interludes is a great precursor yeah do you feel like that puts a little bit i I always we always say this like a lot of times when bands release stuff it's all about the spotify streams you see I always bring back to Migos. Migos released an album a few years back. Migos um, Culture 2, 25 tracks, went for 90 minutes. Why do they do it? It's because they want as many uh, Spotify minutes played as possible because they get on all that shit. Yeah. Do you ever um, feel like, oh man, fans aren't going to get it because they're just going to skip these tracks? Like, there's, I feel like there's nothing worse than looking at, I don't know, I don't have a, an EP on Spotify, but <laughs> I feel like there would be nothing worse than seeing like the um, the tracks progressively go down or you see like, you know, DMU has 100,000 plays and you see kids, the opening track have 10,000. Well, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Especially you know. single releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, that's always going to happen. We found that with COS. We had an interlude track on that as well, which was the title track of COS. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, yeah, those streams are, are much, much smaller and it's something someone may listen to once and appreciate. Of course, it's not normally the sort of music you'd put on every time. Yeah. yeah. But I love these two tracks. Yeah. Um, mm. They're really, really cool. Alex did such a cool job with the production. It, it may not be for someone that doesn't that just likes metalcore they may not like the tracks at all but the the mood that they have the vibe like everything about them is awesome like yeah. I listen to them probably yeah. more than the singles now maybe because I've listened to the singles to death but <laughs> I'm there yeah <laughs> but yeah they're, they're fucking they're cool tracks yeah. um, so if yeah. you like them you'll love them and if you don't like them skip them fuck off yeah. <laughs> don't you ever come back um, no please do we really need your love um yeah, so I guess that's kind of it. Yeah, it will always get skipped, um, and that's fine. I do it with with releases too. Yeah, you, like especially when you're because that's how we we take in music. Most of the time, people don't even finish a song. Yeah, people are going to listen to half a song, where they're going to go listen to this breakdown and yeah. this, and everyone's their own personal DJ, and that's totally fine. That's with how everyone consumes music. So people may consume it in full and. Us being artists, I don't even consume music in full. It's hard for me to listen to a full song because I know where it's going to go. I know yeah, structure. Yeah. I, know, I know what yeah, people yeah. are going to do. So it's going to have to be pretty different to really grab me. And like, even so, even to get through an album can be pretty tough, especially when it is the same sort of stuff. Well, yeah, so, yeah. And that's why Bring Me's always been a big influence for us and me personally and just being one of my favorite bands because it's interesting. It changes, it darts around and it's, it's, it's always different. And whether you like a, a pop song or not, like you could like metalcore and fucking hate pop and skip the, the pop track. Yeah. It just makes it sound like you are having a DJ there that it's changing. It's refreshing. And you can actually, you know, enjoy a whole release more, but at least for us, we're trying to tie those little things in a bit more. So they are cohesive. What are, yeah. what outside influences besides like your, your typical kind of your heavy music uh, kind of contributed to this? Any, any pop elements? It was, did you listen to a bunch of Skrillex before this one? And we went, yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> like where did, where did the influences come from you know, on an outside perspective? Yeah. You know what we were jamming when we were writing it? Don Broco, we were all nice. yeah, we were, they, they fucking kill it. Talk about mixing genres, yeah, yeah. absolutely hitting it out of the park. Um, yeah, we're all about that. That's what there's, I was. There's, to a, about there's a lot of genres. I mean, like, there's there's no shame in saying it because it was obviously before it happened. But Marilyn Manson's always been a massive yeah, fucking yeah. yeah. Oh shit, us. yeah. Um, which is really a shame because I haven't picked him up and you know I've put my shirts away and you know all like stuff, yeah. after everything and you know it's it's really it's really sad. I I know a lot of people struggle with this with like bands like Brand New and you know other bands when you love their music so much and to, to put it like it just doesn't exist anymore. It's such, such a shame. It's mm. so hard. And, yeah. But they were a really big, like he was a really big influence for us, especially with um, 
like social suicide was pretty much based on this is the new shit for me like yeah. i'm not sure if anyone picks up on that but okay um that's been one of my favorite songs since the matrix came out so yeah, um, sure. yeah. you know so like that sort of music a lot of like 90s early thousands stuff um for alex it's always hip-hop uh, yeah. and you'll yeah. hear that in those those other Absolutely tracks sure. yeah. yeah um but yeah it's it's all over the place bring as i said bring me is always a massive one for us i if you actually Every t- year, if anyone follows me on social media and wants to laugh, look at my <laughs> Spotify Wrapped. Whenever yeah. that comes around, it's always all over the shop. Yeah, <laughs> it's always acoustic music. It's the really? 19, it's the nineteen seventy five and yeah. it, like my all my I've got like a my favorite albums thing, and yeah. there's not one metal album in there. Yeah. I, I love metal. I do love metal, but um, yeah, dude, like Manchester Orchestra, um, uh, like Lord Huron, uh, Novo More, Bonnevere, all those sorts of artists are like my most listened to music mm. for some strange reason, um, mm. which obviously there's no influence off in Bad Love. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what we listen to. Um, and then just like, yeah, sometimes things just come out um, that just grab our attention so strongly. Like for us right now, it's a band called Wargasm from yeah. the oh, UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, fuck man, when I first heard that, which wasn't that long ago, I was just like, <laughs> I want to write some music like that. It's angsty. It's fucking, yeah. let's go. And Is I, it annoying I, when you discover a band and you've already got all your stuff released and you're like, fuck, I want to write, I want to add a song to this kind of, <laughs> I want to add something like no, this. No, not at all. Cause you just, you just keep going. Yeah, um, yeah. And for us, it's just working out what we do next. Um, well, that's, I was about to ask, what, do, do you reckon you found your sound? So from, so, is it COS or SOS? COS. COS. So COS to um, obviously Love Imitates Art with the EP. It's a big change. We weren't the biggest fans of the first EP, but yeah, now yeah. like the, You've won us over massively. Like, feel good. I hate, I hate being wrong. As well. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but what What do you think the biggest change was? Like, did you like? Is it sound wise? Is it listening to new bands? As you say, like influences. Like, do you think you found that sound now? Or are you going to constantly evolve? I think we're going to constantly evolve, which I, is yeah. good. You want to be fresh. Absolutely. Yeah, but not a lot not, of bands get stuck. Not from lack of trying. I think from the way that we're starting to write music now, it's so spur of the moment. Going back to that, like like what a record means to us now and like just letting ourselves encapsulate where we're at at the time is mm-hmm. so big for us now so um if we've you know if I, i'm listening to orgasm at the time and go i i feel this angst i like this vibe i'm gonna write a song like this and then we start just keep writing songs until we find stuff that sounds a bit more cohesive yep. alex has been so integral for us yeah. Um, I wish he was here, but he is so... I don't think he's even awake. Um, he's still hung over <laughs> from his 30th birthday last night. Happy birthday, baby. Happy birthday. Um, <laughs> but birthday, um, he's been so integral. He's got such an incredible view of music mm-hmm. and, and, and direction and combining genres. And I just know that this this has just been the stepping stone for us to work out what we can do as a group of, group of four. And as we grow and expand the team and like we're, we're starting to look forward to possibly doing an album and working with some um some big dick swinging producers for the next one and really just like we really want to go for it so i think what we're going to do here on out is going to be very unique very different i know probably every band thinks they say that but yeah we're not bound by anything in the slightest um as you can tell um and we're just going to let that ride and yeah. try to make it cohesive still. Like there will always be an overtone to what we do, um, but there will always be outliers. When did you think um, you said before, like, you know, not writing an album, probably the next release might be an album. Is there a reason why you didn't go for an album this time? Are you not ready for an album or do you think you needed to yeah, pro- man, we're progress? N- we're not ready. Um, yeah. We're like, yeah, to come out the way we did, um, we wanted to be seen as a band on that level because we've done enough to know how to be on that level. Yeah. Um, but we don't think we're above anyone. 
by any means. We're right. still a band in their adolescence that have a lot of growing to do. Yeah. Um, and we love the growing phase. We yeah. fucking love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, the growing phase. This is literally Life Imitates Art. This EP has been a growing phase for me. Yeah. Yeah, personally. Um, is that just as a man or as a vocalist? Like, is it a bit of everything? His uh, height has shot up. Yeah. Shot up. And his penis size. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. That's <laughs> <laughs> going the other way. Um, no. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Really, it's um, vocally. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like, um, where COS was, it was a lot of singing and I was, you know, took a lot of effort to sing like that and do things like that. So I feel more comfortable doing more... Like the way it's written, the screaming the element to it and showcasing that feels so much more comfortable yeah. to me. You know, like I can really shine like who I am. And Absolutely. Well, I'm, yeah, just being happy with it. So for me, I'm glad we did an EP now as opposed to being album time. So yeah. How much goes into your live show? Like you are going on the tour now. Like how many hours is there practicing a live show for oh, you guys? <laughs> like is that like once a week, twice a week, like before a, sh- a tour? Yeah, or like we've been pretty busy. I mean like, yeah, so Alex and I both play in Agnes Manners as well. Yes. Um, yeah. And we've just finished a tour with Hands Like Houses. So we've been pretty preoccupied doing that. Yep. So it actually starts from next week, the production. Cool. Um, so we'll be one to two practices a week. Um, we've got some songs that we still haven't played together yet. Um so it's going to be a lot of doing that sort of stuff, a lot of behind the scenes. Um, we're going to be taking out, like the production we're going to do for this tour is going to be the biggest we've done yet. Um, we're going to be working with a, a new sound engineer as well who's um, does Beartooth and you know, Hands Like Houses, Mint, Tonight Alive. He, we just worked with him with the Hands Like Houses tour with Agnes and never felt so good. Um, working with an engineer so for us to bring in this new sound and to have someone that can make us sound good live in that regard yeah um, we're fucking excited (laughs) we got something to prove with this shit we we Mm. think we've written something that we're really proud of and we really love and we write music to be performed live yeah that stuff like if you like it on the record awesome if you're gonna come to a show you're gonna like it more more. yeah and that's the whole point is that that whole stadium rock stadium metal sort of vibe that we love so much we want to play festivals we want to play big venues because that's where that music fucking works man yeah you go as kids you go see Slipknot you go see like mm. you know a band like Don Broco or even like Amity like and like anyone that plays that sort of like big sort of stadium music there's a big difference between listening to it on a record and a yeah. big difference between being there and feeling that energy and we've yeah and that's one of the things we're stoked that it's come out on the record like this because we wrote it for life absolutely yeah. so yeah so if you're on the fence we really hope you come to the show <laughs> yeah. um, except for Melbourne it's sold out <laughs> except for Melbourne it's sold out hopefully we can release some extra tickets yeah that's we true we doubt it but we, we're really trying we're, we're maybe thinking about cutting back our guest list and yeah. even just like just to sell another five tickets we would just want everyone to see this show we're so yeah. proud of it um do you take any inspiration from like you mentioned CrossFaith earlier? A hundred percent. Like they're the perfect band who just when it gets to a live setting, they just come into their own new level. Mm. The first time I watched them was when they came out. It could have I don't know if it was Soundwave, but they played with Periphery of the Espy. Yeah. Um, it was a Sidewave, I think. Sidewave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backwards. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time I ever fuck. saw them, and I went to see Periphery. I'd never heard of CrossFaith. Yep. Oh my fucking <laughs> god! I, I think this is the same reaction for anyone that sees CrossFaith for the first time. But yeah. Woo! <laughs> that shit was fucking crazy, man. Seeing, seeing the fucking seeing drummer Jager-bomb. standing on his fucking drum seat, fucking doing backflips into the seat, just fucking like 
lighting show was insane. The fucking live sound, the energy was just fucking. That's rock and roll, man. That's yeah. fucking it. They got it. That was off the and EP, wasn't it? Back yeah, then. That yeah, yeah, off the song. Yeah, that was. Oh my god, so that blew my mind. EP. And they have a hundred percent. The second we were a band, I was like, we, we booked Max Watts. So I was like, so guys, I need everyone to put like a energy. thousand dollars <laughs> into the band account. <laughs> okay. Like, why? I was like, we need pyro. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking? It's like you'll see. Like we got um. I got our friend Zoe who um if anyone knows Zoe, um she does lighting for like MTS and um yeah. Polaris and Made Massive. Up Parade. Yeah, she yeah. is incredible. So she yeah. did a, she did our first show at Max Watts and she actually she does all of our Melbourne headline shows. Mm. Um and she'll she'll be coming on this run as well. Um and yeah, we really plan to do something really awesome for Melbourne. But she is just absolutely incredible. Her vision and her talents are amazing. So yeah, we're really, really looking forward to um yeah, working with two new people. Well, no, no not as always new, but working with a team that's a next step up for us too. And it's it's stuff that yeah, as it does cost more money to have a, a better team, but we're, yeah, it's we're it. so proud of what we've done. We wanted we want to do it justice with the with the crossfade thing. I remember back probably it's, uh, that side wave. I think it's twenty thirteen. Fuck yeah, man! Long time ago. And I remember because I would go to like a show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then go to the sound wave on Friday. That's kind of how I ran it. And um, yep. I remember being pr- probably like a Wednesday night out in front of waiting for I think it was a Mice and Men live sh- um, show with hell yeah Chelsea Grin and While She Sleeps. Ooh. I remember someone behind me going, "Man, I went to Periphery last night." There was this Japanese metal band that opened up. I just, I've never seen anything like it. And I just remember going, it's fucking Crossfave. Like, yeah. it's fucking Crossfave. And I saw them that, oh, that Friday. Nathan yeah. went to Northlane. I went to Crossfave because they were clashing. Because, yeah, know, that's how I sound like that. I don't know. There's, no, never, there's no bad option. Yeah, there. Everyone's a winner. This is, this is yeah. like early Northlane. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is like, I'd never seen them before. So I'm like, yeah. I've got to see this band. Yeah. Awesome. And then Nick yeah. comes up. I've just seen the greatest show of all time. I'm just like, God damn. So then the next time Crossfave came out, I had to see it. It's yeah, no, and like that, I think everyone that's ever been on YouTube that would listen to this podcast has yep. seen the unified performance. <laughs> yeah. oh, if you weren't the there, catastrophe. Oh, <laughs> the middle of the day and fire. Yeah, I know. They still had their full lighting show when the sun was out, <laughs> and it was still insane. That shit was like they are the, by far like where if we could do a live show to that level of justice like that is what we wanted That's to man because for us like that is like yeah when we were kids you'd go and see some of these bigger bands and like I don't know if it's because we, we didn't know as much but it felt like every show was like that when you were yeah, little yeah, yeah, yeah. but now like going like I've been uh, we've been to fucking thousands of shows I'm yeah. sure both of you have yeah. you know like you guys, you guys, at this yeah, yeah you're desensitized so for a band to come on and, blow you and make you go what the fuck <laughs> yeah. that's what we want to do because like that excites us you know? oh, and what's dude. the point of doing this shit if we don't get excited Absolutely. you know as well yeah. I remember that show in particular because Nick I remember we went off him a little bit but for this album Ex Machina which was 2018 before they played I said Nick they got the greatest one two combination of all time they came out with Deuce Ex Machina which is the intro yeah, track yeah. which is pumps you out into catastrophe <laughs> Nick's yeah. face gone yeah. <laughs> like, this is the greatest thing of all. And, and that's like you say you don't get that shock factor at shows but you yeah. can bring some of that back on this upcoming tour it's gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah 100% in, um, in 2015 uh, Monty you posted about Soundwave when it died yeah. and you are posting about kind of AJ Matter and kind of like let's look at all the good shit he done instead of focusing yeah. on the bad stuff. Do you want to go into that? Because Soundwave was, you know, it's mental to think how big Soundwave was back in the day. And a lot of us, <sighs> probably including myself, probably took it for granted at the Ooh, time. And now yeah, we look at it and go, man, we don't have anything close to that. Like no, good things and downloads are great things, but like definitely. Soundwave was another level. Soundwave was another level. And um, not to excuse anything that AJ did. Also, it's like, for me as a kid, um, 
to pass a comment. I think we're all quick to pass comments on the internet. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what we would have done or what we think we know, we don't know that much. So I I don't have any insider knowledge. I've only got the same knowledge that everyone has. So my opinion um, is fairly reserved as an adult now. Just going well from the information that I knew. Um, I don't. You know, I don't condone, you know, not paying bands. Obviously, no one condones that. Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I wasn't his bookkeeper. I didn't know anything else. So, I'm yeah, the, I'm not going to talk about that part. But I'm going to talk about the fact that he created a festival for, uh, you know, he was given this opportunity to create something that touched so many fucking lives, that brought mm. so many international bands over to Australia, that gave so many... A national bands are shot on mm. to play with these international bands yeah. to form relationships to then go and do tours um, those festivals changed everyone's lives my first sound wave was the last Perth sound wave when oh, I played yeah. it I actually didn't go to festivals when I was younger um, and so that so that was very special for me um, was that 2014 was it <sighs> uh, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe yeah. Yeah. Um, was Green yeah. Day playing that one <sighs> I can't remember. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That yes. Was yeah. Yeah. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. True. Amazing. I think, I think we. Yeah. It was like. Yeah. I remember just getting a call from Chris, the old bass player of MTS, and he, he called me up and he's like, he's like, what What are you doing on on Monday or whatever day day was on? And I was just like, oh, not much, man. What? What? Why? He's like, you want to fly up and play Soundwave? And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, because a band pulled out and they got us last minute. And, oh, really? And we thought we'd be opening. We ended up closing one of the stages <laughs> because they just slotted us in there. Yeah, so it was like, like, okay. So it was Trivium played. Or they was like, well, <laughs> get fucked. So it was a dual stage. So it was like stage A and yeah, B. Yeah. They were touching. So Trivium played on the on the biggest stage. Then we played and closed the next stage. And then Mastodon played after oh. that. <laughs> And it was, we were just like, what the fuck? And I still remember, it gets me every time because Nick didn't know this for a year. We got off the stage and Matt Heafy's just like, that was a sick set, guys. And I'm just like, uh, Hi. Like, shitting myself. Just like, oh, thanks, man. And Nick just goes, yeah, cheers, man. Like, can you move? Because he's trying to load his stuff off and he didn't realize. And I was retelling that story. I was like, so Nick just like pushed Matt Heafy out of the way. He's just like, that was Matt Heafy. Like, he didn't know. <laughs> He's like, oh my fucking God, dude. I was like, yeah, why'd you think I was starstruck? He's like, I don't know, dude. I thought you just weren't packing up. And I was like, what do you mean? I like, just wasn't packing up. I, oh man, I've been laughing about that story for a year. And I didn't know he didn't know that wasn't Matt Heafy. Oh, <laughs> that no. is mental. Anyway, very fun story. <laughs> um, but yeah, so but even like just that that vibe to walk around, like the, yeah. the backstage area and see fucking... You know, this, the singer of Pantera who was, who was fronting Down, you know? Yeah, so, like, yeah. like he Phil. was out with Down, but to see yeah. Phil... I mean, also, yeah, some touchy stuff with Phil. Um, yeah. Good yeah. one with... Yep, yes, good salute, yeah. mate. Um, not. Could have seen that a mile away. Oh, actually, yeah. looking back, really. Yeah. Um, yes, but anyway, to see, see that stuff as a young kid um, that looked up to all these artists and to, just to get to experience that. I've, yeah, we're, we're always really quick to judge people on their downfalls and... I don't know why, but we really struggle to um, give people a pat on the back for the stuff that they do do. Yeah, especially um, while it's happening. I know some things can completely overshadow it. If you do something so bad, it can unravel all the the undoing. I guess we've talked about that with you know like Marilyn Manson and yeah. that sort of stuff. And it's 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 a big philosophical debate that we're by no means going to get into unless I have twelve more Bilsons. Bilsons. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it. There was a load of good that came from Soundwave. Yeah. Do you think um, that's that void's been filled since it's gone? I think it's starting to. I think so. Um, just recovering, be, being at download and being at good things when they started coming up. Um, obviously, Unified did such a great fucking job. Yeah. Um, with you know stepping up, make and, himself a played the first one. 
We played the second, second one. Second one, second sorry. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was in Earthcore, we were the first band to ever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so first yeah, band yeah, on stage. We were the first band <laughs> ever on. Um, that was crazy. Um, and I've been lucky enough to play it every year I've been in a band. So we lo- I owe a lot to Unify. Um, yeah. and, and those guys. And um, what they've done is incredible. Like that first year, the first few years as artists, we've never all been in that same spot together. Yeah. That anyone that performed that first year being like in that like artist area and all being together and uh the first year unify were particularly um nice with free drinks for everyone (laughs) once they realized that fuck up of how many bands like to drink on their lineup uh that's quickly (laughs) disappeared (laughs) they stopped being as fun um no that's not true um but yeah that sort of experience was just it's one that i'm gonna hold dear for the rest of my fucking life and so there's a big thing that we need to do is really say thank you to all those people in the industry that really get don't get the credit they deserve a lot and even if some make some fuck ups or you know like everyone's human everyone's making mistakes and yeah. I'm a bit scared of call out culture for the point that it doesn't often give people a chance to grow as people and we all make mistakes and if everyone's dirty laundry was all out to air I don't think as many people would call people out yeah. obviously some stuff is a lot worse than others and it is very important for people to be aware and that's why I was kind of saying even earlier it's really important for all of us to be calling out our mates when before they get to that point in their lives. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we're curbing all of our friends' behaviors and we have to take onus on that. If you're going to have a friend, you have to make sure that they're going to be the best version of them that they can be. And sometimes it's going to involve some awkward conversations. Do you, you talk about Unify and I've heard a couple of people say this. And I want to get your opinion on it. Like they say that, you know, Unify at the start was such a, you know, all in, everyone was kind of in it together. We're all high school musical style. We're all in this together. <laughs> um, and uh, but it, as the years have gone on, it's a little bit I don't know less fun as a, as to be a band to be a person. You know, it depends how much alcohol you bring in, whatever else you're doing. But like, have you noticed that? Like, yeah. as the years have gone on, has it changed? It has changed. Um, the first year was all Australian. Yep. Um, so and especially at that time, a lot of those bands have broken up. Yeah. Um, so and those were bands that have been around for five or 10 years at that point as well. So there were, so it was a big collection of people who have grown up playing music together. It was a few bands that were on that rising up sort on of territory. Up, yep. yeah. yeah. And it was, a, it was really welcoming and supportive. And it was all those people that understood to support people. And it was exciting as well. And it was exciting. That was Marcus's first show, right? It was Marcus's first the first night I ever met Marcus as well. And wow. Was, and there's, there's another thing. It's like, thank you, Unify, because I fucking got to meet one of my best mates. Yeah. The, it a very funny story that is not fit for radio. Yeah. <laughs> as most of our experiences aren't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so in terms of like the fun changing... The, the the way the structure worked um, for the first one, it was it was all camping and it was a smaller spot and it was directly behind the stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, as the festival's gotten bigger, the layouts have changed. There's like a new artist camping area. As we get older, I fucking hate camping. <laughs> yeah. So we so we so we most bands will rent houses now and we'll we'll fly in for the show and we'll fly in for the day and we'll go back there. And so some bands will go to each other's houses and you'll have a smaller a smaller congregation of people and it'll be beautiful it'll be fun but that first time was just like the biggest group of everyone and like especially because like i remember even when under oath played they rolled in an hour before their set yeah you know like like a lot of these internationals are flying in and flying back out yeah they're hardly there for for any of the time to mingle and talk to they they had a crack in the crowd didn't they that was a very stressful song for uh, set for them yeah Um, it would have been 
Yeah, that was. Yep. They said they're playing very. Well. They hadn't played that late ever. I think they said. Yeah, that know, late. Was and also, yeah, yeah, and the, the sound. It was, they got yeah, ripped it was on the sound. The yeah. sound was fucking atrocious. Yeah. Um, but and that was so infuriating because you like I was wanted like, to see them so the much si- at yeah. the side at the time, and I was watching them. I was like, they're playing everything. Like yeah. it wasn't them. Mm. And walked out the front. I was like, what is this? Yeah, like, and on? they can't help it. They but you know what? They fucking kept playing. Yeah, they didn't stop. They fucking kept going, and they put their whole thing into that set. It's it was a tough one to listen to, but fucking that's that's a good band, man. Yeah, they, you they push kept through pushing on through. Just on Unify to see bands progress from like say third on the. Bottom of the poster up. The best like, things to watch Polaris yeah, go up. Watch those fucking legends go. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember oh, Dale so shaved sick. his hair at Ocean Growth. They're like, yeah, yeah, on the day. Yeah. So like little things like that. But like when you see bands go from there to there, is that like what are your goals as a band? Like is that one day to be to do exactly? Yeah, yeah. To play. We started Thursday night. Now kind of is that like Thursday night's the beginning, and then you get into the the Friday Saturday. Like getting into that Arvo slot, then the evening and playing at night. Like the Fruit Fighter said in that doco. Like, yeah. obviously goals like that, unify. Like 100%. Yeah, dude, every, every festival for, for us, especially because of yeah, what we've been talking about with the live show, we want to play at night so we can go ham on production. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, that's the thing. It's like, if we got to watch that crossface set at night, oh my God. And like, Ocean Grove fucking stepped it up. That, yeah, the last did. year that Luke was in it. Oh, it was massive. That production was just... Yeah. I had no idea um, why they were chef, playing after Crossfaith and then they went f- and then they had the whole stage show. And, and the like, screen okay, time. Like now they're doing it. It yeah, was like, amazing. It was incredible. Mm, yeah. And that's the sort of show that we want to put on. So for us, like we would love to play at night for that opportunity. But that said, it's like anywhere on the bill you are, it shouldn't really matter. Like nah, a- again, right. we yeah. kind of come back to what Landon was saying, like we're, everyone's running their own race. Yeah. Um, it's not a competition. Yeah. Like we're stoked to see bands succeed and if they succeed more than us hell yeah that's fucking sick we need to try harder not to beat them because they're our inspiration now and yeah. all of our peers are inspiration but yeah would love to get to that point to play a night show just for the production's sake um, but you know if we played anywhere during the day I mean I'm not sure if you guys remember like a trophy I set three years ago they played at like 2, 3 p.m. Yeah. Do you guys remember We were having beers with John that day. Yeah, we were actually. He was around the campgrounds. I had about three beers with him. He's so tall. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good um, man. He's a good man. He's an absolute angel. You're right. They were early then they're playing the night sessions and you had basically second headliner on one of the nights. Yeah. But not even that growth. It's like when they played that set that was just after they dropped their chemical miracle. They played chlorine. It was monstrous. Yeah, that... That was that probably the biggest. Is mental, right? Yeah, that was one of the biggest crowds. So it doesn't matter at a festival. It doesn't matter when you play. Yeah, it yeah. does in terms of your production. Obviously, at mm. night you can do more. Um, and like if you go back and watch like Ocean Grove and Northlane's last set with their lighting was so so sick. Yeah. Um, the people will come. Yeah, the people will come. But we would love to be able to give, be given the opportunity to work with people to create an awesome live show because that is really what we fucking yeah. love. <laughs> we really want to do that shit. A few more just easy questions for you um, before we get out, uh, Monty. Yep. 2015 you said uh, the word bay was an epidemic <laughs> and required a modern warfare 2 style tactical nuke to get rid of what's, that's not just me being the dickhead what's, uh, what's, what's what 20, you, what's, I still stand by that <laughs> okay, okay. I firmly if you're still saying bay um, please contact me on the slide so I can delete you <laughs> bay is not a word what's 2021's version of bay 2021's version of bay Landon, you're more up with today with the lingo than I am these days. Um, <laughs> is lit? Are people still yeah, lit? people still say lit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, I heard one before that was like, 
it's not a modern day one, but it was really old, but I couldn't believe it. What did someone say? That's the tits or something? <laughs> oh, wow. Like, that's an old one. I was just yeah, like, you back. can't be saying that in 2021. Are you 60? What's going on? Yeah. I, I don't know. That would be my... I don't think there is a one. I haven't yeah. really been that triggered by someone saying something lately. <laughs> Yeah, fine. This is just, good. I just. I'm actually starting to get more with the lingo, like 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 WAP and stuff. <laughs> oh, that yes. song's a banger. Wow, like, that song's a banger. Yeah, you know, like, song. like unfortunately, maybe when I get older, I'm starting to enjoy it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Lens, do you have do you have one? I know it's my no. question, but can you please answer? Yeah. It for me? <laughs> oh man, we're talking about this. Is just this whole conversation just reminded me of when I fucking first heard the word grouse down here. Right? <laughs> Hang on, hang on. Yes, what a word. That's old school. There's a story for it. Mm. There's a story. So I, I do piercing and it's, you know, my fucking day job. Yeah. Um, and then, so I do this, I do this piercing on this girl and she looks in the mirror. I'm like, what do you think? She goes, oh man, that's grouse. And I'm from Sydney. I've it's never heard this before. Is like, that a Melbourne term? I didn't know I it was just it, is. it must be because I'm like, it's an Aussie slang so is it good? Or like, <laughs> yeah. grouse, you know, I'm a bit Do I fuck something up here? She's like, no, it's grouse. I was like, good. So yeah, I never heard that one until I came While we're on the the topic of Landon's piercing stories, can you please say yum yums? Oh my god. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is my favorite Landon piercing story. Please. Yeah, okay. Um so the girl the girls are knocking on my door. I was like, look, we, we take ID for piercings, obviously. Like, you fill out the form and do all that. And this guy, this guy had no ID. And he's like, look, he's got a, a correctional facilities form saying, you know, this is his age, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, obviously this guy's just come out of jail. So yeah. here we go. Sure. So he gets in the room and he's this big, big, uh, you know, big boy covered in tats. He's got scars all over his arms. Like I thought they were knife wounds or something. Anyway, he doesn't say much. He wants his nose done. So I do the, do the piercing. And as soon as I did it, he goes, mm, yum, yums. <laughs> the campest, the campest guy. And I had the mask on at the time, right? Thank God. Because I was laughing. I'm like, man, don't laugh. This guy's going to kill you, dude. Like you may have a feminine voice, but he's, he's seen some shit, man. <laughs> So he says, mm, yum yums. And I was just like, fucking hell, what do I do here? <laughs> just, I just, just ignored it. Just no, he left the room. And I just had to sit down and be like, what did I just. And obviously, he was the bitch. Yeah. Like in prison, but fuck me. <laughs> Not my favorite story, but my, my, Monty's favorite story. <laughs> it was pretty shaky. Oh, yeah. Monty seeing explosions in the sky in 2011. Yes. What do you, talk, what do you remember about that show? Uh, so it was the longest show of my life. Explosions in the sky. They were playing at the forum. It was the first time I've been to the forum. No, maybe. Great. I don't know. It was the first time I realized I was fucking in love with the forum. Yeah. Um, that's also fun. a goal. Play the forum. I was going to say, yeah, that's um, going to be a goal. Dude, Fuck. That's, um, that's such a Best cool venue in Melbourne. It is absolutely phenomenal. And so to see them there was just mind-blowing. For anyone that doesn't know Explosions in the Sky, they're an instrumental, uh, atmospheric sort of a band. They are just phenomenal. And to watch them live was something else. Um, so they they come out and they go, like they've got a microphone set up. There's no singing. As I said, it's an instrumental. <laughs> so if you guys are like, oh, why are they going to sing? Like, listen to me. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so this, the guitarist walks out and he goes up to the microphone and he goes... Hey everyone, uh, we're exposed to this guy from uh, from Texas. Th- thank you so much for coming. And they just go into the birth and death of day, and it's like this is one of my favorite songs. It's just this wall of sound that just fucking hits you. It's like yes, it's like the, the like when you go to the cinema and the fucking like, yeah. like that, that oh, sound. Yeah, the IMAX thing just it was like that. Nah, it's, it's just like this full like and you just felt everything and. Anyway, so I was like, fuck, this is sick, this is sick. They played for an hour and a half. 
they stopped for 30 seconds. <laughs> they, they, they blended every song into each other. They didn't stop. So pretty much just all they did was like they would, I don't know how, because they would blend songs from different albums. They would just do everything. They just didn't stop except for one part where like an hour in, my legs were on like fire from standing up for like an hour straight. Just like, just standing there in awe, just tense, just like, this is insane. Jaw on the floor. Yeah, jaw on the floor. Just like my legs were sore for days. Yeah. But they stopped, they stopped at an hour in and they go, Thank you. And you just know that the rest of the band's going, who gave him the microphone? He's talking too much. Like, <laughs> so they just went back into it for another 45 minutes so or something. It's been. Oh my God. They're from Texas. Oh I've got this memory of them being that. Um, but my, yeah, I probably, wow. I probably entered a few different worlds um, during that set. Um, <laughs> of all the bands that you guys have seen coming through that eventually broke up, which band would you bring back? Stories. Yeah, it's fuck great. yeah! Don't even have to think about that. Yeah. I miss them every day. Would it ever happen? Um, a reunion? Um, uh, where was I? Um, I'm just gonna say the last time I messaged Morgan telling him that he needs to start the band again. <laughs> I just imagine uh, once every six daily thing. It's, it's not quite daily. It's yeah. normally when I get drunk and sad. <laughs> it's like you know what? I'm sad. It's gonna have Morgan bring back stories. Okay, he's busy. Nick bring back stories. <laughs> Until the rest of the band just start blocking me. Um, <laughs> that last record I did was phenomenal. I don't know Amazing why it didn't get picked up, especially because everyone knows it was like the best record. Everyone's like, it's so underrated. It's like, how does everyone think it's yeah, underrated? Everyone thinks that it's underrated. That can't work. Yeah. You can't have everyone in the world think it's underrated. There's the best record ever and then not do well. It's one of those um, underrated albums that everyone has. Like, yeah, everyone owns it. Everyone, like, it's like everyone that knows it's it. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And I think we did... Um, I don't know if it was their last tour. Maybe they did a, a headline after that, but we MTS did a tour with them and In Hearts Wake and Ocean Grove. Oh. So to bring back that and do that again would have been so sick. Um, but yeah, stories, that record is phenomenal. They were just hitting their prime. They were all such good songwriters. Morgan, that growth that he did to get into being that frontman for that album and his voice. He showed me Alone in the Fallout before it came out. They always used to come and stay at my parents' house when um, I still live with my parents, which was a while ago. Mama Kate, leave it alone. Um, but yeah, they they um, always used to come over and I remember we would we'd all go drunk at my parents' house, <laughs> probably drinking mum's wine. Um, fill, filling it up with like... <laughs> God damn it! Um, and yeah, he just showed me along the fallout and like, I never heard him sing. And yeah. I just cried. And I was like, this is honestly like so moving. And so, be and to this day, I still get shivers every yeah. time. And it's, 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 if I'm in the right mood, I'll still shed a tear and I'll think back to hearing that and hearing just that growth and like seeing where they all came from and what they achieved. And to know that they just, yeah, they couldn't continue for whatever reason when they're on this precipice of being possibly one of the best bands to ever come out of Australia whether they if they made you know critical like acclaim or you know like achieved financial success or whatever they would have written music that would have continued to they already did that album yeah. like to be honest you know like thank them for that album they don't need to give us more they gave gave me one of my all time favorite albums but yeah what about you Leonard? I'd say The Bride yeah <laughs> I have absolutely. to talk to Matt Matt from that um, that EP yeah that EP got me through high school yeah and, um, yeah, 
It's it's awesome. Awesome. It really Fucking is Divinity like, Devour like, DP is, it's is Isn't it crazy Looking back at all the bands That broke up And you're like Fuck man If you guys stuck around Put them, like, yeah, yeah, put them yeah, on yeah, a unified bill Yeah I know yeah. Everyone unified We always predicted Like yeah. who's coming back We need a reunion Like who's it yeah. gonna be oh, I, yeah. guess, I guess in the same vein I reckon Carpathian's still gonna be Oh yeah there. They always yeah. get brought up <laughs> It'll never happen But it will If you could pick a tour Right now Like to join Or headline whatever Like is there bands Like give me three bands You'd love to do Like tour with In Australia or Just goals internationally Like if you could do the like your dream tour what would it be you as give, bad luck you, you give yours and I'll give mine three bands yep so three three bands plus us yep, yep. that's pretty cool Don Broco bring me I'm gonna say Architects for the hell of it too and Architects yeah. and these are all like big dick bands that I fucking love to tour with <laughs> yeah honestly sure. that's that's pretty much mine <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the only change in sound Architects on the I love it record. yeah, yeah. Awesome awesome I think it's yeah, incredible huge the, the only other ones that are like right like that are punching me in the face going like I can't decide it was also North Lane and Polaris just yeah, yeah. There were. yeah North Lane like J- Josh is the only reason I've made it in music yeah. um, which is like a little f- fun easter egg it's just like back in Brooklyn days yeah, they'd just been signed with Tommy who um, at, at New World and he came to watch Brooklyn and work out whether he was going to sign us and we played a shit show and Josh said like are you going to sign him and he was like no nah, they're not ready mm. Josh said no nah, do it and he's like you sure like it's on you and he said yeah do it and without that I never would have played a show with Made Them Suffer I never, well, like the butterfly yeah. effects man I, I owe everything to Josh and Tom and um, I'll, I'll never forget that and that that's also why I always care so much about helping people out because you know as much as you can work hard it's still at the end of the day one person giving you that yeah. that belief is fucking just can change can change someone's life, yeah. you know, and yeah. Great movie, that, the butterfly effect. It is great movie. Which ending have you seen? Also a good band, Aussie band. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. and also yeah, and yeah, to tour with yeah, so to do with North Lane would be incredible, and then also just Polaris man, just seeing so proud of them. You yeah, know? like it's mental. Like to, to see what they've done. I remember they opened. Yeah, it's it's fucking. What was it? What was the Sydney Bang? Uh, hot damn. Hot, hot damn. damn like oh, they like i think they opened or played main support for like an mts show so long ago mm. and i remember like one of the, one of our mates jaden roy when he was doing i think he was doing some work for them really early on before their ep he, like i think he sent me like one of the songs and i was just like yeah yeah it's it's good like i i, I wasn't particularly blown away by it and then when that you know, first album came out it's just yeah that's one of the best metalcore releases ever and i just to see that growth is fucking awesome. Well, we like that on guilt and the grief. We we yeah, we heard that EP and we're like, this is the band. Yeah, yeah. This is the band. You knew. You yeah. just you're like, wow. At that time, you yeah. had guilt and the grief by Polaris and Black, Black Label, Label, and you Ocean had Grove. Ivel rejected humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Which, were you an Ivel fan? Was I? Yeah. Yeah, I funnily enough played bass for them for um, <laughs> for a show. Did you really? Yeah. That's uh, wild. in Perth. They didn't send me any tabs. I had to learn it all by ear. <laughs> <laughs> I still. <laughs> I still to this day don't think I played one note right. <laughs> but uh, there's that you can find an old video of um, of us playing at YMCA with Poiter. Poiter. Um, that would have been fucking 2014 or something. Dude. If you really want to go searching, please well, we, don't. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, do we, we we played a show? It was, I think it was a freezer show. It was a freezer show, show. Yeah, with Frankston, yeah. and we played a show, and Ivar headlined, and Poiter came out in a suit, like just like a full on suit, looked like, like a demon. What's I was going just on? Like, and then what like all this? these like circus noises started, and I'm like what the fuck? Some yeah. um, the bassist came out with a backwards hat on, looked like Fred Durst. And I was like, biscuits what's style. happening right yeah. now? And they played, and Poiter's voice. I'm like, is that real? Like, is yeah, that a tape? A... I was like, and then from that moment, we were just it was Ivar. It's fun. They were the band. They, I remember. There's something else. 
Come token. back. They're the band I'd bring yeah, back. They are, fuck, I wish they are back. Kind of, yeah. It's, um, with point of fronting, that'd be perfect. Th- yeah. Isn't that happening? I thought I saw I that somewhere. They did the thing a couple of years ago. Um, I'm, I am free. Oh, and I'm free did with that him big singing. return, like That's when he right. took the mask off, and it was all you know, everyone's going, yeah, and then nothing happened. <laughs> no, it's like, That's oh. true. I yeah. guess I guess Loon's also a little bit of a thing. Loon's sick. Loon's great. Very fucking good. Yeah. Very cool. Do you feel like the scene's stronger now than it has been? Since you've started, the strongest it has been so far? It's a weird one. Um, Depth-wise, I th- maybe. I, th- I think everyone's getting confused because everyone can sell out a show now. Yeah, like, okay. So everyone's thinking that everything's back and it's not. Yeah. Um, being able to sell sell out a show at 80 tickets instead of 220 isn't the same thing. Um, yeah. It's still, anything's an achievement. I mean, like, yes, us saying we sold out Max Watts, it's not, we're not selling it out to full mm. capacity. And yeah. I'm sure everyone's aware of that and we're not claiming that we are. Uh, we're selling out to what we can sell and that's we take that as an achievement and so does everyone that sells our show mm. but I think it's a dangerous thing for people to think that we're back and that bands are okay again and that bands are making money again and that bands are surviving everyone's still really struggling yeah. music venues are struggling um, it's really important to know that everyone should still be supporting where they can um, I know for us we've, we're just starting to become a band that people are starting to connect with in terms of buying some pre-sales and um you know pre-ordering albums and stuff and yeah. honestly we want to just take vinyls? that time to we do have vinyls, vinyls and cds or just yeah. vinyls just purely? vinyls, just vinyls. Um, i'm gonna have to get a vinyl player nick i gotta do it yeah <laughs> for a year at least yeah. <laughs> yeah. still waiting oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah for us we'd just like to take the, a moment to really thank people because yeah for us it's cost so much money to be in a band and i'm sure not many bands like to talk about it because it yeah. makes them pretty vulnerable to kind of go like you know everyone likes to think that there's this mis- mysterious thing behind it but fuck it a lot of people in bands really sacrifice a lot to do it mm. and any help that anyone gives by supporting it when they do care means the world pre buying a pre-sale ticket i can't stress enough how much that means that the band can put on the best show yeah. for their audience like even for us like for budgeting to know that you've sold this many tickets a month out means that you can spend extra on lights or spend extra on support to make a show better for everyone else so mm. it's a huge reason why the adelaide scene's struggling so much because they don't buy pre-sales yeah like, that's a huge mm. thing i don't know don't obviously i'm not gonna ask how you're doing over there for that show but well like, i mean ult's a really big help yeah um, absolutely. It's, it's it's our next strongest show outside of melbourne and we're really excited that's to awesome. play adelaide but that's even one thing that they did mention they they mentioned that uh, on a tour they did recently that the um pre-sales were particularly low and then the show just sold like crazy so and, yeah and uh, in the past i haven't done a headline show in brisbane for a number of years but that used to be the big thing especially with the venue the bright side which we are playing yeah um that it was everyone knew that most of the shows wouldn't sell out and that you could just rock up on the spot um and that's always fine and also like it you know do whatever you like but if you have the ability and you do want to go to a show you know getting that pre-sale get the ticket can, yeah. yeah get the ticket um you help everyone and buy the bundle um, get the vinyl how many vinyls left? Get it all. <laughs> About 13 vinyls Fuck. left. Um, actually, you know what? Be it, Nick. <laughs> well, this is coming out pretty much what? The day we drop the... Yeah, yeah cool. Well, yeah. Uh, well, then you've just... Sold out. <laughs> you, you, you've just found yeah, out that we're dropping a blue variant today. Hey. So, lucky everyone. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Days. So, buy that. Um, now. <laughs> <laughs> and also buy Bilson. Bilson's really great. Hey, yeah, there yeah. we go. You know what? Bilson I'm taking your sponsorship. I'm doing all the work over here. so good. Actually, why am I doing this? Drink Fireball. Sorry, you we're can, endorsed by Fireball. Drink Fireball and Bilson together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Fireball's listing, give us more Fireball. Yeah, <laughs> we, 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 we're we sorry did. we drank it all. Yeah. <laughs> we, we drank it all. Partnership, Fireball and Bad Love. That's pretty cool. It's, look, yeah. it's match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and on, 
add or more hell. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, did, didn't um, CrossFave get sponsored by Jagerbomb? Jagermeister. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. So yeah. we we're gonna have uh, <laughs> originally we wanted to do like quite a party scene. Obviously, we couldn't with COVID for that video. We wanted to have quite a fi- uh, party scene where it was everyone fucking like we we're gonna get you know shitloads of um, fireball and just everyone going crazy. And we floated the idea past <laughs> the CrossFave manager, and they're like. Can't jagger my start. And I was just oh, like, oh my God, we're true. actually going head to head with the, like, yeah. the shots. It's a war of the shots. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So, and like, as I can't drink Jägermeister. Uh, that's the one thing I can't drink. And I think I know that Jason Max is listening right now with a glass of fire yeah. in his hand. So, yeah. You, yeah. Need a, you need to write a song called Fireball to uh, compete with Jägermeister yes. from Crossface. <laughs> that's one of their best songs. Well, you need, so a, bear, you need a Bear Tooth, Bad Love, Crossface thing. So, Bear Tooth with the Red Bull to oh, mix yeah, with, true. with Red Bull. With, with, with the, um, the yeah, you won't have to buy the, a the fucking fireball thing. Shots Yo, up, Bear Tooth, if you're listening, song. Caleb, yeah, get us out there, man. Let's go. It's the two of a life. He's making it happen. He's a big listener. Yeah, yeah. He listens to everything. He's a listener of the show. Yeah, 100%. Shout out. Maybe just tag his Spotify when you put this up so he has to listen to it. This is genius. Yes, we've done it. Rockstar um, Caleb. Bad love. Life, life imitates art. Out now from when, of the time of release, boys. Anything you want to say? <laughs> anything you want to say before we I, get I out? I want to say anyone that didn't see that, which is all of you, <laughs> that a microphone just got knocked halfway <laughs> across the room. Headshot. Headshot. <laughs> Boom. Oh. I want to see if I can find this. I don't know there's enough time. Where are you there, sorry, then? There's an alternate... Um, part to social suicide that may need to see the light of day. Um... I still don't know what he's going to show. And it's giving me anxiety. <laughs> I don't know if I can find it. This don't like when should, you go I to should. your phone like that. <laughs> yeah, the more he scrolls, the worse it gets. So just just for anyone that wanted to know, uh, Social Suicide was originally called No Scope. <laughs> really? Um, nah. And that was our working title because there's a particular sample in and the song. For the record, I, I wanted to keep it. Okay. And so did Cal. I don't know if you can hear this, but you can drop box over if you need. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, this is the wrong one. Anyway, there was a. How <laughs> 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 to climb it? Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, it says oh, yeah. this little kid yeah. screaming, "Get no scope! Get no scope! <laughs> get the camera!" Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we we sampled that in the song, and we, yeah, I did it as a joke, but then everyone was like, "We're keeping it." I'm like, "We're not." Yeah. Yeah. Awesome boys. <laughs> anyway, so sorry for that anticlimactic ending to a great podcast. <laughs> Cheers, boys. <laughs>